Hi, my name is Tatiana Merced, and you are listening to the first episode of Musically Driven. Here, we will be talking about our favorite iconic people of color who have changed the music game over time. so excited for you guys to be listening to Musically Driven. Uh, This podcast is something that I've been looking really forward to. Uh, I'm doing research with my school on how people of color have contributed to modern day music and uh, I'm doing it through a podcast. So I'll be splitting up the episodes by genres and important topics or significant time periods for people of color in music and i'm hoping that some of the episodes will have current artists who is contributing to music right now or having historians who are doing the research on these genres or time periods come in and talk to me i'm really excited about the things i can find and the people i can talk to and the whole point of me doing this this in podcast format and not as an essay or powerpoint presentation is i wanted everyone to learn along with me and especially within my music school, I go to the Korean School of Music at SUNY Potsdam, uh, and I'm a junior and a music business major with a concentration in voice, and I'm hoping to come in A&R. So as informational as this is, will be, I also hope to make it super fun to listen to. Today, I have a few people with me who go to my school, and they are people of color, and I wanted to talk to them about what they wanted to hear from me and what inspires them to do music. Now, we will do a cute little introduction. Tell us your name, major, and concentration. Okay, so hi, my name is Zion, but pretty much everyone here at Crane calls me Z. Um, I'm a music performance and music business major with a concentration in voice. Hello, how's everybody doing? My name is Jayla Johnson. I am a junior music education major. Um, I play bassoon and I have a concentration. Wait, hold on. Wait, I messed that up. I play bassoon (laughs) and I'm on a band track. What's up? My name is Vitressa. I'm a junior music business major and my concentration is percussion. Hi, my name is TJ. I am a music education major with a concentration in voice. First question is, what made you want to come to music school and who has inspired you to continue with music? I started off in the classical realm of things. I was a dancer and I played the violin. Um, And then when I was about nine years old, I asked my mom to start taking voice lessons and she said yes. Um, From there, I just focused pretty much all my attention on singing. And ever since then, I just really wanted to go to music school. By the time I got to high school, I was super determined um, and I applied and came to Crane. Um, and then keeping up with my motivations, um, definitely my family. They're really big supporters of me. They've always pushed me to follow my dreams, follow my passions. I'm super grateful to have that sort of support system in my life, um, as well as my and your studio professor, Professor Chalker. Um, she's really inspirational, had a wonderful career, um, advises me in my future plans, and just keeps me motivated when I need someone to. Um, and then also just my friends. Um, being at a music school and being at Crane, it's a really supportive environment in a lot of ways. And just having that like extra bit of motivation from my friends always is just an added bonus. Okay, so <coughs> for me, um, I started music in high school. 
Um, in eighth grade, I wanted to be a part. Well, in middle school, I wanted to be a part of the band. I couldn't because they couldn't put it on my schedule. So I was just one of those random kids. I was just, I was just man. I, was, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> and then I went to high school uh, originally for technology. I was going to be t- uh, t- uh, I was going to do technology. And then I found a band program. I was like, oh, that's cool. So I started playing clarinet. And then I got bored of clarinet and switched to saxophone. I played saxophone for two years. And then I was like, you know, I really like teaching, and I really like, you know, doing music in general. So I picked up bassoon and was like, oh, this is nice. And that was around my junior year of high school, and then I had my crane audition the next year. And I was surprised I got in. Um, I never had the opportunity to have, like, private lessons or anything like that. I just had to self-teach myself everything. Um, and then my family was super supportive of me doing music. Uh, I grew up around music with my dad because um, he played guitar. So I just um, I used to sing with my dad a lot of the when I was younger a lot of the, a lot of the time, and now um, I'm pretty happy with well, with what I'm doing. Um, I have my my family to support me, and they they really push me to be better, better for myself and better for everyone else. And I want just I just want to make an impact, a positive impact, whatever you know, whenever I can or however I can. Uh, for me. I don't think I always knew that I wanted to do music school, but I knew that I wanted to do music in general. Cause at a young age, I had like, I'd taken interest in, interest in um in drumming, and my mom saw that and she was like, "Oh my god!" Because my grandpa played drums, so she and for all my siblings, she kind of wanted us to do artsy things, but for me, she was like, "Oh my god, you should like drum." <laughs> um, um. But thankfully, I had a passion for it, so it didn't feel forced. I mean, it kind of did in like middle school when she was like, you should do band. Mm-hmm. But when I, I was thankful that she made me, even though I was shy, because it introduced me to those things. And I don't know, I guess I was like, huh, what could I do for college? Like when I was finishing up, I was like, what do I do? Um, and I like to perform. Um, so that's what I auditioned for, but I ended up doing music business because I realized that, you know, everything that I like about music has to do with the industry in some degree, how everything's produced and all of that. Um, so I was like, wow, I'd love to do that. Um, and I guess my family is what has kept me going because my mom, like, encouraged me to do music because she doesn't see it as like a waste of time or anything. Um, and I know that in the past people used to think that way, but it's like totally not like everyone should do music. Everyone. (laughs) Um, Um, what inspired me to come to music school? So this is kind of like a popular or common story of like people having this one teacher that inspires them to keep going that like kind of like changes things, uh, changes their perspective a bit. So I had this one teacher, he came from the school that I'm going to. He came from Crane. And he taught me a lot about not just music, but like just about myself. He taught me to think critically about everyone, about everything, about myself, about my beliefs. Taught me to just um, really understand the why, um, the what, the how, the when, the who, all of the things. Um, And that was important for me. Um, I didn't get that in high school until I... Um, had him and he came so and I guess similar to Z I I mean I I, I like I initially was motivated um, by him to go to 
school after high school but i continue to find that motivation like through everyone around me um through everything that i don't know it's everything is motivating you know what i mean <laughs> everything is motivating so um you know no i was gonna add on to like how what um made me want to come to music so i said the story to Dion earlier about how i went to the met for the first time and i saw like this african-american like recital and it was so cool and there was like a bunch of people just coming on stage who are people of color singing uh, gospels and spirituals with an orchestra. And I see this lady come out in this like beautiful blue dress. And I'm just like, oh my God, I want to be you. Like she just sounded so pretty. And so, huh? I have, I cannot remember. I was like in the seventh grade and I was just like, I want to be you so bad. And so ever since then, I just continued with music and I, and I love music ever since I just can't imagine a world without it. And my parents always really pushed me to continue music. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And my parents are like, are you really going to give up? I'm like, no, you're right. So I would love you guys' answers. <laughs> yeah. Every time I'm like, am I going to stop? They're always like, you have to keep going. And I was like, you're right, I do. <laughs> okay, so my second question is, do you think our institution makes an effort to expand on their selections? Of Not music? enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. And okay. I think it's, I think it's, <laughs> So I think it's great. Um, like we have music history and music theory and all of these things, all these musical studies. And then we have our ensembles. And it's cool that like in our ensembles, we're starting to see a shift from more classical operatic like stuff to gospels and jazz pieces and Latin pieces. And that's cool that we're doing that in our, in our ensembles. But I think we should keep that same energy in the music history classroom, in the music theory classroom. Because... Um, we are, there's a lot of, <sighs> period, I'm, I'm gonna leave it there, I'm gonna leave it there. Um, do you, can you, can you clip stuff? Like, yeah, okay, cause, <laughs> yeah, they should, they should keep the same energy in our music history and music theory classrooms. Um, it's not fair that I get the house going about Beethoven and Bach and Telemann and Caccini, you know what I mean? I don't really care about them. They're cool, but we. I, let's talk about the way we romanticize them too. Like that's 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 a whole nother story. Like the the fact that I don't know because it, 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 they 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 see they want music to be intellectual, which is why classical music is the main music we study in 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 um in school because it's. I mean, you can find an emotional attachment to it, and 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 for some people, it is very emotional. But they, I feel like they argue that classical music is one of the most intellectual, and opera is one of the most intellectual genres, and one of the most, one of the only genres that can like merge heart and mind is a big thing they talk about. But honestly, like that's not true. A good artist is a good artist, regardless of genre or time period or any of that shit. Uh, you can't tell me that Lil Wayne and Drake are not as good as Beethoven and Bach. I know you hear the bars. I know you hear the bars. You cannot like. You can't tell me, bro. <laughs> you can't tell me. You can't tell me that X wasn't as good as Telemann. You like, you know what I'm saying? Like, good music is good music, and intellectual music is intellectual music. Drake is hella intellectual. Drake Cole is hella intellectual, but we don't get to study this shit. You know what I mean? Like, for some reason, it's not valid enough, and some people are gonna hear this and laugh. But pride is the devil. Mm -hmm. 
I think it got a whole that song is that song is about how pride can ruin relationships, can ruin families, can ruin marriages. Um how what was the question again? <laughs> institution makes an effort to expand on their selections of music okay so do i think they make an effort yes do i think they execute it well no <laughs> um i am someone who's constantly preaching about the fact that you need to stop relying on your students of color to educate you and you need to learn how to educate yourself and i think the expectation here is that if we're going to learn about genres outside of the classical realm it is the responsibility of the student to bring it forth um and that's just not that shouldn't be the case um when you're paying to attend an institution or even if you're not paying to attend an institution if you're just a student in a school it's not your job to educate it's your job to learn um <laughs> and i think that our school relies too heavy on students um i also think that we have an issue with picking things that are appropriate especially within the performance realm we're all vocalists so we've all sitting in choir rooms before and I think there are large a lot of the times there is a big push for us to bring in music but no one is educating themselves on where that music's coming from um or really thinking about is this appropriate for our group to sing like I we were sitting in choir for these past couple weeks trying to determine what we were going to sing for a concert and a choir full of 98 percent white students with like maybe two black people in it this girl bought in this song called better get your learning um which is about emancipation and the lack of education provided for black people um and specifically a line that made me realize i was sort of just like this is a little questionable but then this line i'm just going to quote the song um that reads the year was 1863 the paper said that I was free, but no one read it to my ears, and so I slaved for two more years, was one of the lines in the song. And clearly there was just a lack of education that went into whether or not this would be appropriate for us to sing. Um, and I don't even think she really, the person who brought it in, really even understood the origins of it. And the fact that, first of all, I had to be the one to shut down that conversation and be like, no, I don't think it's appropriate for us to sing this is kind of like baffling. The fact that like professors aren't aren't knowledgeable enough on this information to know that they should be the ones saying that is baffling in itself. And then the fact that like as a student of color, I had to sit there, listen to this piece that is clearly inappropriate for us to be singing. That's a subject matter that's literally about slavery within the United States um, and gets like even more graphic and talking about lynchings in this song and to have it be brought forward for an all or majoritively white audience and choir is just wrong in my opinion. I very much agree with the both of you. I think there's like so much space for uh, Crane, you have to say Crane, you go to Crane. There's so much space <laughs> for Crane to improve and like um, really expand on our music selections, but they don't. And like C CJ said, it's so annoying when they make it seem like classical is this like foundational thing that we need to know. Like, like, like we can know it, like great, we know it, but there's so much music out here that we can, right, that we can expand on. And then, then they, they're trying, but then they're bringing in things that, are not really for white people to sing and and it's not saying that they can't contribute like not contribute but they can't um sing gospel music but it's just like 
do the research behind the music. Like, don't bring in something that talks about picking cotton on the side of the plantation. But I know that. I thought that was crazy. And this this stuff, like, brings is way wider than just Crane in itself. Like, I've had so many experiences. We were talking about this a little bit earlier today where I sang a song when I was a seventh grader with a choir that um, was, I think it's called Pick a Bell of Cotton, but the lyrics, are it's a work song where the chorus goes, jump down, turn around, pick a bell of cotton, jump down, turn around, pick a bell of day. And this, like, 99% white choir of children was singing this in a church and I was like clearly there was just a lack of education and a lack of responsibility taken on by the people picking this music and it's just that stems from the youngest kids all the way up to us and now we're here sitting here at a school that's primarily education majors educating students to show them like that's okay to put into their classroom and it's just going to keep furthering the issue and the systemic issue that's growing honestly rather than shrinking. I'm in the same situation, uh, like being a concert band, not a concert band, being a wind ensemble in an orchestra, just playing music by dead old white men. <laughs> I forgot I forgot who phrased it like that. I, I think it was John. Um, it's just an unsettling feeling, and the conversation of do we separate the music, oh, I should say, we play a lot of music from, like, what should I say? Racist men. I was gonna say racist times. Oh my gosh, I was thinking about that when I think about Aaron Copeland pieces. I'm so sorry. Go ahead, Chitlin. No, 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 that's okay. Okay. Yeah, every time because I remember, remember freshman year when Chalker was talking about Aaron Copeland and one of his pieces said something that was insane, and I was just thinking like, okay, so why do we low key still sing Aaron Copeland? Like, you know what I mean? I, I, had to, I changed my recital now. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a set from Aaron Copeland mm-hmm. on it, and I was like, no, like I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Because they want to separate the music from the artists and think that's, you know, the music is important, you know, what he did or what they did. Oh, that that, that really is important. Yes, it is. Because that influences the music itself. But, you know, they don't, well, the school doesn't really take that into account at all. So I think that we should be, in 2023, playing more music from black composers. And it's, you know, Black History Month. Come on now. Since it's only my second semester, I've noticed a like a lack of different um, people of color other than myself in the class. And growing up in upstate New York, I've kind of been desensitized to it, but you still notice it. And you're still like, wow, I wish there were more people that look like me in the class. Um, so... I definitely agree that like having more diversity in the school, but as well as like what we're learning, because I think we, I don't know, I don't think we talk enough about where certain music stems from or just like different genres of music in general, especially if you're a music business major or minor. Um, Cause that's one thing that has bothered me the most since I got here um, is just not being able to highlight all realms of music because that's I love all music um, especially like highlighting the music that um, stems from um, like black culture and like how we made that come to fruition so that's another thing that I would love to see them change
So how do you think you would benefit from learning music from your own background? So I don't really know that much music from my own background, which I think shows like how bad this problem really is. Um, majority of the things I've learned have come from white male composers, sometimes white female composers. Um, and now that I really think about it, at least within my solo repertoire, I don't know if I've ever sung a piece by a black female composer before, which is just baffling because I know there's got to be thousands of them out there. Um, so, I mean, I definitely think it would be beneficial in terms of like empowering me in terms of like showing me that there are people that look like me and come from similar backgrounds as me within this world. But the like truly sad part about it is, is I don't really know how I could benefit from something because I've never even come close to experiencing it. Um, and honestly, now I even really think about it. I don't even remember studying any black female composers within like my theory classes or history classes or anything like that. So even if I had studied their music, my limit I had limited knowledge on the person themselves, and some a lot of times limited knowledge on the pieces and like the history of them. Um, so like I don't even know how I'd really benefit from it, other than like I feel like it could be an empowering experience, but I think. In the general sense, just like the more knowledge that you can gain about the music world, the more that's always going to be beneficial for you, the like, more knowledge you can gain um, as a performer, as a teacher, as a student. Um, it's just the more you can take in from the music world and learn about it, the better. So, um, <coughs> For me, I'm a big advocate for not only teaching classical music in the teacher classroom, mm -hmm. there are other genres, genres, genres of music that your students will like. Hip hop, for example, like it's 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 a 20th century. Mm -hmm. Kids, students are not listening to classical music as much as we think they are. Is it is good to have you know, if you're making a repertoire list, have something you know, ask students for suggestions on what they will you know would like to play, or you. Even if you don't choose anything from their suggestions, you're still giving them the opportunity opportunity to you know contribute to the overall teaching environment. So, just teaching students, even college students, that that classical music isn't the only type of music you have to teach as a teacher is very important. You can teach. You can do a whole lesson on. Um, What's, what did I do with, uh, I, I made a lesson plan on Element by Ken, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, I love that song. Um. <laughs> it, I was, I, I had to explain to my classmates because a lot of them were confused on, oh, you chose a rap song to, as a teacher? I'm like, yeah, you know, this is music as well, you know, if you didn't know that, you know, <laughs> if this is, this is also music, you know, it may not incorporate, you know, as many instrument, instrumentalists, but it is still music. And if you don't deem it music, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know about that. You gotta, you gotta fix something going on in your head. But <laughs> it, it should be, it should be taught in schools that, you know, I'm gonna re reiterate it again that you should teach more than just classical music. So, I feel like because I went to a predominantly white school, like growing up and then I'm coming to another predominantly white school. It's been 
hard for me to relate to the music. You know what I mean? Um, they talk a lot about these like fantasy worlds and these, you know, like these. There's a bunch of these kind of concepts that I don't care about, like into the woods and winter wind and shit like that doesn't mean anything to me you know what i mean like i'm more so just worried about how i can take care of myself how i can take care of my family make sure that i'm not being a burden to my family make sure that i can um take care of the people that i love the people that i want to love in the future you know i'm trying to make sure that i can do all this so when i sing a spiritual that just talks about the way that we as people struggle and have to overcome that like like that for me is so much more beneficial than singing a a medley of a medley from Dear Evan Hansen. You know what I mean? I, not to say that the concepts in that show are are there. I take that back. Dear Evan Hansen is a good show. Dear, but like into <laughs> the woods, into fine, the, fine. Dear Evan Hansen, because that's like that's something that like all people can relate to. You know what I mean? But um, at least to some extent. But anyway, but like into the woods, like like I don't really care about. That. I don't really care about Disneyland and all that shit. You know. Like so, it's um, it's been, it's been empowering to have the liberty to study, like spirituals and gospel pieces, um, and um, a lot, <laughs> because I don't know, I I don't, I guess I don't have the full knowledge of everything. I took two music history classes before I got here, and those weren't um, based on classical music. I think actually one was. But um, we still did talk a lot about, like, I guess music from the 19, like, 20s and up is what we talked about. And I guess I would benefit a lot because a lot of my motivation has been through listening to multiple types of music and learning multiple types of music and i and i love like classical and i love doing band pieces because band pieces are amazing but it's like what about the black composers as well because then it's like wow i'm not just playing something by a racist man <laughs> or or anything like that and it would just be really cool i think especially since i know in band um there will be, like, the, uh, not composers, conductors will be like, oh, all about, like, they'll give the rundown of, like, Granger or something. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, if this was a black composer, would you be able to do that? Like, give the rundown on that? Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess it does really bother me, and I think I would benefit a lot because it gives me more motivation and help me understand, like, even more so, like, what black composers have done for classical music and and uh, like other black artists have done for other types of music all that what are a few things you know about the music that comes from your cultures and backgrounds not much if i'm being 100 percent honest with you um i like by choice honestly i've stuck more to the classical realm of things that's just where i that's what i prefer to sing that's where i think my voice is suited for the best not that I don't enjoy other genres that's just like my primary one um and because in the classical realm not only is it eurocentric because also when we uh, that's a tangent but when we think about like the idea of like classical music what does that mean 
like obviously there's a classical era but we also talk about like romantic era music and stuff like that like it's always these eurocentric type things where it's like but what do you mean classical music like what makes something classical music other than it was written by a white man (laughs) like am i wrong am i wrong like so but because of that like i just have really limited knowledge based on what I've studied I also there is specific technical things that come with that um but I think like the world just really at least the world I've been exposed to in terms of music at Crane and other places just really isn't open to looking into different ways to teach that technique I don't think we have to only have to do things in that come straight from Italian operas in order to teach classical voice singing and teach the bel canto style. I think you can do that with pretty much any style of song. Um, and it is unfortunate. Like I was thinking when I made the comment earlier about the fact like I've never sung anything by a black female composer. Um, I think I've I thought back to like one piece I did. And that's like the only thing I can think of. And I've been, I played the violin since I was three years old. And I've been in choirs since I was seven I think non-stop like I've never taken a break and the fact that I can only think of like one person who has a similar background to me and even then it's not the exact same background like I don't even think she was mixed necessarily which like does give me a different output on terms of like I don't know I constantly have the conversation in my head of like am I black enough am I too white am I not white enough issues with my hair all the things that like I don't know it's a common currents for mixed kids to feel like you just don't belong places but that's unrelated um well it's related (laughs) it is related um but I just like my knowledge is so limited and I think that really does show what problem the problems that we're having is the fact that it's just not available to me um and it's not fair honestly because white students um both female and male, especially male, but both female and male have access constantly to music that not only comes from their background, they're like the region of the country that their family originally migrated from to the United States. And I can't even find a single piece in my repertoire that has been given to me that was by a black woman or even a black man, I think, honestly, within my solo things. Um, and yeah I think that's why stuff like this is important is because it makes you think like wow I really don't know anything by black people because it was never given to me I've been able to study spirituals um individually um I have a great voice teacher I'm gonna shout out I don't want to say it. I don't, I don't know if she wants to be mentioned on this. I'm not going to say it, but I have a I have a great voice teacher. I actually had two voice teachers here so far, and they were both great in that they allowed me and and even encouraged me to, um, like, dig deep into, like, the music that I want to study, whatever that is. So I decided that I wanted to do, like, spirituals um, and gospel music um, because I grew up listening to gospel music. Um, and so... The thing with that is, like, because of the way that these racist Europeans stole us from Africa. (laughs) um, They enslaved us, And then made us slaves. um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) These racist Europeans. 
nuts from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> they made us slaves. The way they did, the way they did that, they so the Christian religion um, was forced onto the slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. And so there's a lot of like connections between Christianity and African American history, and especially in spiritual. Um, like a a symbol that a symbol um, like the Jordan River, which biblically biblically is a river that represents like crossing over into freedom. So a symbol like that is is constantly revisited in spirituals, and it represents. Well, we sco- like scholars interpret it to be like representing getting out of this life period and entering into heaven which is entering or just crossing the jordan or just getting out of the torturous slavery so um one or the other or both of them um yeah um that for like knowledge of like my background and my culture I guess I don't have as much as I'd like. I mean, I during like the music history classes I took before I transferred, um, I learned like, oh, a lot of like rhythm and blues and country and things like that rock and roll stems from black artists, but were popularized by white artists. Um, I forgot. I I won't get into specifics because I'll say something wrong, but I <laughs> because like I'm thinking of a name, but I don't want to like have it mixed up. But I just know that that is a definite aspect that it and that's something that's happened for like years and years and years. Uh, I feel like musically, that's that's about all I know. I don't know in the classical world, um, uh, like composers that like composers of color. I don't know their background a lot, but I know a bit more about more like pop and other things like that like when i was a kid i didn't know Jimi hendrix was black like because what like you know it's so it's such a big thing that rock music is white music when it's not you know i put in like a little quotation marks guys to get like little quotes anyway so like <laughs> it it's not like black people created rock music and Jimi hendrix story was just so fascinating to me because like he was like creating all this new music this new sound but the funk era didn't really accept him and then but like a bunch like the white people in the village accepted him so he liked playing over there it was crazy but and then i realized that's why a lot of people don't even know he's black because he can't he was here and he said that and i watched an interview by him like i really i got i got I dig deep into Jimi Hendrix. It was kind of weird. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little obsessed. Yeah. I talk about Jimi Hendrix a lot. <laughs> I, I, me and Sienna on Facetime for like an hour, and I'm like, "Bro, this shit is crazy." I'm not supposed to say bad words on this show. I was trying to talk to her about boys, and she's just sitting there being like, "Jimmy, yeah. did you know Jimi Hendrix?" I was like, "Tati, no, nope. my life." <laughs> but like, it was crazy because he just he was saying how complicated it was to play in the United States because everything was like like so much on race and he just wanted to play and i thought that was insane i literally am obsessed with Jimi hendrix story and then he died um <laughs> well this is like why i'm i'm 
a huge mm-hmm. advocate for not forcing black people to be your educator. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if they want to. I'm someone who's, like, outwardly spoken, and, like, I sometimes I'm not in the mood, but sometimes I will sit there and tell you what I know and speak on my own experiences, which are, like, an interesting one because I am pretty much the closest to the lightest shade you're going to get a black out there. But I'm just going to speak on what I know. Um, but, like, that's why I also love Jimi Hendrix is because he was, like, it's not – it doesn't always have to be about my race, you know? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, like, black people never have the privilege of just showing up and doing their stuff. It's always like, you're here and you're black. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how can something like what I'm doing shed light on people of color in music? Oh my God, I am so passionate about this. So I've done a lot, I've tried to do a lot of diversity work here at Creighton because it's something I'm very passionate about. And even though I'm not an education major myself, I don't like want to necessarily be a teacher in the classroom traditional setting. I am passionate about like diversity within music and people becoming more knowledgeable about it and being responsible, being a responsible performer and educator and knowing what you're talking about. And just the fact that like this is going to be a resource for students long after we're all gone. Um, that they can look back to and just listen to and become more knowledgeable on. I also think, talking about what we were talking about before, where people just don't want to research it, like sometimes they, like a lot of times they're just lazy or they don't care really, or they just want to like act like they care, but they're really performative activists. Um, making things easily acceptable to people <laughs> for, <laughs> Tati's freaking out guys, making <laughs> it easily acceptable. Cause I felt that in my soul. <laughs> Performative activists yeah. get me so mad <laughs> in the school. <laughs> they do yes they do um but making it easily accessible to people Mm. and so they like it making it look bad if they ignore it kind of like they look bad if they're not paying attention he's gonna do a lot um i think even like this conversation just like sitting here in like a comfortable space i'm really big on like trying to develop safe spaces for crane students because sometimes it's just not about you. Like, <laughs> like every time I try to make a safe space for black students at this school, it's always like, that's exclusionary to white people. I'm like, it's just not about them. Like, why do you need to be in that room so badly, you know? Um, and the fact that, like, there is going to be now a conversation out there, people openly talking about this, talking about our own struggles, and we're going to see, I hope, I really hope because I'm so tired guys like I can't do this stuff anymore I'm like I'm like I'm quitting and they're like you can't quit no one else will do it I'm like that's not fair like, <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore but um the fact that this is like gonna exist out there I think is at least from what I've heard people saying I think it'll make some real change and we'll probably start some conversations so be prepared I think this podcast is good. Well, well, what we're talking about in general is good for spreading awareness about these issues. Um, as Zeon said, you know, students or people, you know, when we're long and gone, listen, listening to this and listening to what we had to go through during this time will be very beneficial for them. Hopefully times are better. But this is just like a, I guess, a way for us to talk about what, how we, you know, how we are going through these problems and maybe other people relate and maybe we can get more people to speak out on their, you know, their issues and everything. So I just want to make a safe, well, want to make a safe place for everybody. That's really it. I feel like I want to have this complicated answer, but I feel like it's simple. Um, you are asking us directly about our experiences 
about what we want to see happen, but what we have been seeing happen, and how we feel about it. And whoever is listening, it's like it's their job to respond, like in whatever way that that is. Um, with this, I mean, you're you're di- you you have like you're directly hearing what we want to see happen. You know what I mean? Like, it can't get much simpler than that. Like, we're ju- we're being so transparent. I would think at home. And glad you brought that up because uh, I do think the whole point of me even doing this first episode this way was so that I can have some people in Crane, people who are actively doing music, people who are in the same facilities as me every single day and see what their perspectives really are. And, um, I just feel like sometimes we just want to be listened to. And sometimes, and I, this is me too, like even when I'm talking to Chalker, like that's our teacher, even when I'm talking to Chalker, and she's great at it, like she's great at just sitting and listening. Like sometimes we just want you to listen. Like there's never like, like sometimes you, you we know we're aware that you can't fix everything in 4.7 seconds. We get it. We're all 20, 21 years old. We've been going through things for 20, 21 years. Like. So we're all aware that this is something you cannot, it's not an easy fix. But if you're just listening and taking that in and being socially aware after you listen to us, that's all we want, you know? But we need, we need our frequency, yeah. that's what we need. <laughs> so my last question is, what are things that you want to hear from me? I want to hear you, like, ask about, like, pedagogy and how we relay information to and, like, how we structure our classrooms for people who come from different cultures. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, like, (laughs) and, like, music, it's, like, so I'm a music education major. So music and education, two different things, but connected in this field um and it's so gosh oh like when i hear shit like hip-hop in the classroom and jazz in the classroom like it kind of bothers me because it's like it's just like it's making it the other but like and it, and it is the other right so like it it is the other in the classroom outside the classroom that shit is more popular more more appreciated generally than than classical music i don't know it's just like this weird thing but i would like to hear like pedagogy like questions like pedagogy like what we think of the way that these classrooms are run because i feel like in high school like well, I don't know. I had one teacher who ran his classroom like completely different, like my other, my other teachers. So with him, it was nice. But I feel like most teachers are stuck in this – I'm not even going to say it's really to race, but it's just an old-fashioned way of like schooling. And – even then it is related to race because like 
everything <laughs> history. Look it yeah. up. If you look anything up, you're gonna find history. Yeah, like it's like even the fact that like the way that like people like sit in like desks and they have to teach at the like that's not the way that everyone learns. That's not the way that I learned growing up. Like I'm more of a hands-on let's do something like i'm more of a like, let's talk about it but like this oh yeah like this i'm more of like a hands-on let's do something let's talk about it that's how i that's how i learned when i was young that's how my my family taught me and like i, I don't think I'm, i don't know i i think that's that's more of like the natural way of learning like we like this classroom shit is like it's too it's too artificial like <laughs> like let's let's talk about it let, let, let's let's get our hands dirty i don't know i said all that just to say let's talk about pedagogy i'm looking more forward to spreading more awareness about the podcast i'm down for whatever conversation as long i shouldn't say that <laughs> i'm i'm excited to, as I said, spread more awareness about the well, more awareness about um, diversity at Crane, and just get more people to you know notice what's going on, and you know having people to listen and talking about it will just really make everyone feel more um, more better about themselves and the overall um, condition of the school. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna vibe with whatever you have to put down honestly because it's not conversations that have been had at least in this realm and I think it's really important and I'm also excited to spread the word and you know if someone says something that um or asks something it's and expects me to tell them it's like listen to this podcast yeah exactly exactly i'll be like listen to this podcast and i won't have to say a word to you ever again not that was mean but you know what i mean (laughs) at least about that at least about like educating in that regard yeah oh my gosh okay but yeah i'm glad that you you had answered that for me because i i a lot of it too when i was sitting doing my research my topic is so broad it's like people of color who contributed to modern day music yeah. that's huge like every it's everything so a lot of it was just like oh my god like sh- i'm short circuiting i'm like what am i gonna talk about what am i gonna talk about and i just really wanted to hear like what you guys were thinking for me because i i also want to make sure i'm researching things that would benefit everyone and everyone yeah I mean, I'm just going to be using that as like an educational tool for myself just mm-hmm. to get more knowledgeable about black artists, um, artists of color in general. Um, everyone, like all of us are black. We can't really speak on like the other experiences of people of color at this school. But I definitely feel like there is, even beyond our specific communities, um, a lack of knowledge just within music outside of the white sphere in general. So I'm looking forward and really want to just gain, be able to learn the knowledge without having to necessarily work for it myself. (laughs) Just like pop it on when I'm driving to school and not have to think about where am I going to find an article about the history of Asian pop music. You know, the fact that there's going to be something out there that I can just easily access. I'm just going to do that. Oh my gosh, okay. 
But yeah, I'm glad that you you guys answered that for me because I I a lot of it too when I was sitting doing my research. My topic is so broad. It's like people of color who contributed to modern day music. That's huge. Like every it's everything. So a lot of it was just like, oh my god, like sh I'm short circuiting. I'm like, what am I gonna talk about? What am I gonna talk about? And I just really wanted to hear like what you guys were thinking for me because I I also want to make sure I'm researching things that would benefit everyone and everyone that we know. I like. All right, guys. So that's the end of it. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming and talking to me. I hope you all enjoyed listening to Musically Driven. My next episode should be out February 26th, so make sure to stay listening. Da, 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 da.